0: Blog Talk Radio. You're my last, you're my everything, and the reason for
1: all oh, my
0: dreams,
2: yes, yeah, yeah.
0: You're my son, you're even my
2: moon and my guiding star, uh-huh.
1: my kind of wonderful, and that's what you are, yes, baby, I know there's only, only, only one like you, honey,
0: because I also know something else they couldn't have made too, not you. Yes, you're my reality,
1: and I'm lost in a dream,
0: you're my first, you're my last, you're my Thank you.
3: And welcome to this Monday, May 7th edition of the Old Dominion Libertarian I am here tonight with Jeff Kleb and Andy Craig And I assume that Jeffrey Sanford will be joining us in a little while uh, But uh, I want to say good evening, gentlemen We have a lot to talk about tonight and a wonderful guest to get to How are you guys tonight? Oh,
2: doing very um, good. Very good. I'm fighting a uh, yeah. Andy. <laughs> what's,
3: what's going on, Jeff?
2: I'm fighting with my knee brace I'm going to mute myself for a couple minutes But I will be listening and I'll chime back in, okay? Okay
3: Sounds I'm going to be
2: making some Hi, noise Andy.
3: All right, all right, Andy, I understand that you are in the heart of uh, Laura Ebke's district Helping her this evening uh,
0: That is correct I actually just had a, a dinner with her And she'll be uh, calling in momentarily, I believe If
3: she hadn't no already um, yeah, she's on but, the line yeah, the So we'll get <laughs> Wonderful That's the kind of activism we like to see um, yeah. Like I said, we have a lot We have a lot to get to This week um, uh, The law firm of Giuliani and Giuliani wanted to advertise On our show, but who would want to Hire <laughs> that guy um, <laughs> I mean, can you believe The stuff that he's going around on TV Saying, I mean I I talked to a guy who told me he never made it through the first two years of law school, and even he knows that that's just incompetence at its best.
0: Oh, sorry. The best comment I saw about it was uh, in terms of a a lawyer comeback, this is about uh, Michael Jordan with the Wizards level.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it's – I tell you, it's – you know, I, I just don't get it. Um, because you know Giuliani is not a stupid guy; he's not. I mean, no. you can disagree no, with you, him on you can disagree with, with him uh, on policy.
0: Gatties, him and uh, Miller and Bill Weld were all uh, U.S. attorneys in that region together. I think I'd have to look up the details, but I know they worked together at some point anyway.
3: Well, um, I was reading something this morning that said that this is all calculated by the trump team and what they're basically doing is they're trying to throw everybody in such disarray that they all concentrate on everything but what they're supposed to be concentrating on and then trump will skate away free and i you know maybe they are maybe they're doing something along those lines i don't know
0: I'm not sure what the uh, thinking behind it is. Obviously, it's more of a PR move than a legal skills move. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I won't pretend to get it. No,
3: well, I do know Giuliani thing... wanted a
0: cabinet. The other thing is Giuliani wanted a cabinet position really bad. He was angling for Secretary of State. This might be his way of trying to get back in good. And, uh, you know, next time uh, somebody goes and there's an open spot in the cabinet, which, you know, at this pace won't be too long. Uh, I wouldn't be too surprised if uh, if that's what that's his angle on this. I think, but that's just yeah. yeah.
3: Well, yeah, and um, you know the other thing I read this morning is that um, uh, a lawyer was writing um, on Facebook and he basically said, you know, Cohen has already flipped. He's already told them what they need to know, and this is the Trump campaign's way of getting everything out to the general public. Before the Mueller investigation comes out and says, well, Trump lied, and here's what he lied about, and so on and so forth. But the thing that really gets me, I had CNN on yesterday for a little while, just briefly, and they had Kellyanne Conway on State of the Union. And basically what she was saying was she was telling Jake Tapper, who I happen to think is – I like him, and she basically said, no, 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 the president didn't lie. When the president was on Air Force One, and he told the reporter that he didn't know about the payment, that's not what he meant. He meant that he didn't know when the payment was made. He knew about it, but he didn't know when it was made.
0: <laughs> I mean, oh, that's if that's the best they can come up with. They're in they're in deep trouble. I
3: know. I mean, how you can't? Well, you could be on the hardest drugs possible. And you couldn't you 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 couldn't spin it that way. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's
0: it's wild. I think it's going to come to a head. I think Mueller and the rest of it's going to come to a head here over the summer. A lot of people are saying that, and that uh, he's starting to wrap it up, and he's going to make whatever his final move is here uh,
3: here pretty soon. Well, what do you think about the the folks who are saying that? You know, this was supposed to be about Russian collusion. They found no Russian collusion, and since they found no Russian collusion, now they've moved on and they've decided to go after something else. And it's unfair. And they didn't. When Obama lied about if you like your doctor, you can keep it. Nobody well, did anything my about that.
0: To that is, uh, you know, welcome to the American criminal justice. Uh, uh, the Republicans who have been the worst on some of that stuff uh, are now getting hoisted on their own petard, and. You know, there's nothing inherently illegitimate about the fact that they were investigating one thing, and here oh, we found this other thing that turns out as a crime too. That's what happened to Mike Flynn. Um, it happened to a lot of people in Watergate. Um, so you know, I don't, I don't really buy that too much. I don't. Uh, if they find something untoward and illegal, and seems very likely they're going to find a lot, um, it doesn't, it doesn't bother me that this started with a diff, slightly different focus than where it's ending up. That's why you do an investigation.
3: Yes. uh Well, I mean, to some of these people, it's a double standard because they say Barack Obama would never have been investigated to this length. And it's not fair that Donald Trump is being investigated to this length. Well, you know, my my thoughts on that are maybe it's not fair, but at the same time, you know – there was ample opportunity to investigate Barack Obama in the same way that Donald Trump is being investigated, and nobody chose to do it. Right.
0: Well, I do believe we have our uh, our guest is, is here on the line because I just saw
2: her walking past.
3: You do – you believe what?
2: He said he believed the guest was here.
3: Yes, uh, she is, so – um we are, going to get, we are going to get started, and um, I'm going to bring Laura Ebke on. I just want to give a little brief uh, background on Laura. Uh, she is the highest-ranking elected libertarian in the United States. Uh, she is a state senator from Nebraska. Uh, she uh, is a member of the Libertarian Party and is up for re-election, and we're very happy to have her on and she's going to talk to us a little bit about her campaign um her recent um bill uh concerning um occupational licensing reform and she's going to tell us about why she has a target on her back so we're going to we're going to bring her on right now good evening Laura how are you i'm well how are you
1: great good welcome thanks So, So um, why don't we just. Andy's in the same room as I am.
3: (laughs) Okay. That's kind of fun.
1: That's great. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So, why don't you just start a little bit by telling us um, a little bit about your background and how you came to the party and uh, what what your plans are to get reelected?
1: Sure. Well, um, I came to, to the Libertarian Party. Um, Slowly, I've actually been a paid member of the party for about 10 years. I was looking at my membership cards the other day, and I've I've joined – I don't know if i paid dues every year, but I've paid dues a lot of years, um, off and on over the years. Um, But I always remained a Republican, um, registered Republican in Nebraska. And a couple of years ago, in 2016, I started seeing the decline of the Republican Party as I knew it. And, And I'd always been sort of a libertarian Republican. And um, the the governor um, decided that some of us weren't appropriately following um, following his lead on things um, in the legislature. He called us out at the state convention in 2016, and I said, "Fine, if I'm not a good Republican, I'll leave." And so, um, in the the early June of 2016, or the last part of May, somewhere in that Memorial Day um, time frame, I got online and switched. My voter registration from um, from Republican to Libertarian, and um, have been a proud Libertarian ever since. Awesome. Great.
2: Well, we are certainly
0: very uh, very glad to have you.
2: <laughs> well, and being being from Nebraska, you're in a unique situation. You're the only state with a unicameral legislature.
1: We're the only state with a unicameral legislature and technically we're I mean technically reality, um technically we're a we're a nonpartisan legislature, so we're elected on a nonpartisan ballot even though everybody knows um who's, who the Republicans, who the Democrats, and, and now who the Libertarians are. Um and, and the parties do get involved, but the ballot itself won't have any kind of party designation on it.
2: I did not know that. Yep.
3: Yeah. So um <clears throat> so uh when when is the election you, you're having a, a jungle primary I understand and when will that
1: be? Yeah, that's May 15th. Um and there are three of us and the top two move through um there, there are um two registered republicans who are running and, and myself.
0: Well, I, okay. uh, I actually like we mentioned, I'm here. Uh, I just stepped outside so we weren't having audio lag confusion. But I'm right outside Laura's Creed office here. We just had a very nice dinner with her, and we've been out knocking on doors. And I can say I've not seen anywhere uh, with where name ID is that high, and the, the popularity is genuine. They really do uh, love their senator uh, here in the area. It's been something to see.
3: That's wonderful. Uh, so I, we understand here that. Um a couple of months ago um people started getting mailers about you in the mail, and some of them i 've seen on facebook and um it it 's really kind of comical um some of the things that they that they have said and the way they 've described you as a member of the libertarian party they call you the top lieutenant and um it yeah. I, I mean it's it's almost laughable, but on the other hand you you say well. Could this do some damage? So why don't you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Well, first of all, I was hurt when the one about the, being a top lieutenant came out because anybody who knows anything about the military knows that lieutenants really aren't worth much of anything. Um, I always have to think of myself as a field general. Um, but um, that, that, that said, I say that as a former um, lieutenant. There you go. Um, I, I, I That, that said – um, you know, I mean, it was kind of silly. Um, and you know, I think that there have been enough of the so called hit pieces now that you know, and Andy has been knocking on a lot of doors as well. But I mean, I think there's been enough of the hit pieces that people are starting to wonder why um, they're so obsessed with me. Um, you know, and we have responded in kind with a lot of positive mailers, um, but. Uh, you know, so people are, people are getting uh, on a per capita basis are probably getting more mailers in this district than just about any place in the country right now.
3: Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, you know, I always have said that in some ways, this is the day we've been waiting for when the two major parties come after one of our candidates by mailing stuff out. I mean, that knows you've arrived. That shows you've arrived. (laughs) Good for you. Thanks. Um, So why don't why don't you um talk to us a little bit about your um occupational licensing reform bill that you managed to get through.
1: Sure. Um the Occupational Licensing Reform Act in Nebraska um it, it was originally brought to me in a little bit different format than it than it ended up um but it originally brought was brought to me by the Institute for Justice which is a nice libertarian um you know a uh, group um based out of um I don't know Minneapolis is where my guys are but but um, but they've done really great work um on a whole bunch of sort of libertarian issues um first ran into them back in 2015-16 when they were working on um civil forfeiture um repeal in Nebraska which we got passed um they brought this the occupational licensing reform to me Um, And it's interesting because um, it it started in one form. Um, We managed to get um, the Platt Institute, which is sort of an economic libertarian group here in Nebraska, coincidentally um, started by our current governor. He's no longer on the board, but he he started the Platt Institute. Um, And then um, we also got the ACLU of Nebraska engaged. And so we had sort of a unique coalition of partners and um, what this does, it, it's really sort of a landmark bill, I think, because what it does is um, it now creates a process whereby we will review on a regular basis, the legislature will review on a regular basis, every single one of the occupational licenses and regulations that the state of Nebraska imposes on folks. Wow. That
0: is awesome. I, I had a, a question about that. Did that uh... – help getting it past the fact that it wasn't targeting any particular industry license, it was a general thing, a procedural sort of thing? Did you think that helped uh, uh, maybe not draw quite as much fire as it might have from the special interest? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, you yeah, know, some of what we what we saw, we did get a little bit of pushback from a few organizations that were concerned um, that you know that, that somehow their group might not you know might not make the cut. And in my argument was always, if your group is a you know if, if there's a solid reason for having your occupational license, what do you have to fear, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And and so um, most of them came around. Um, and said, okay, yeah, it's okay for us to have this. Um, there were a few that weren't excited about it, but they no longer actively opposed it. Um, but but really all we did was set up a process. So so no particular group could say that we were targeting them in any sort of way, and then this will happen on a regular basis. And, and probably, you know, in reality, um, most of the licenses that are out there um, will continue um, because there's a reason from the standpoint of public health, safety, and, and so forth. Um, but... What this does is it allows it allows the legislature to continuously review and maybe cut back on the regulations. Um, the other piece of it is, from a from the standpoint of um, uh, from the standpoint of, of of criminal justice reform and second chances, and this is how we got the um, the uh, ACLU on board. Um, What what we're doing now is requiring that there be sort of a nexus between um, sort of the moral turpitude clauses that we see a lot of times and um, and, and the actual license. So maybe you don't want um, somebody who has been convicted of child abuse um, being licensed as a daycare worker, but is there a reason why the person who's been convicted of child abuse can't be a plumber? Or, or whatever. So I mean so so it requires that you know that if if there's going to be limitations on who can who can work in a particular field that it be, there'd be a reason for it.
0: Well, and one of the really uh, neat things about it I thought was the way you incorporated the uh, least restrictive means test uh which is borrowed from you know first amendment
1: jurisprudence and that sort of thing. Right right yeah, and and that was one of the um you know it, it was kind of interesting because, as we were coming up on the the last vote on the bill um we had the least restrictive means, um, but we also have and, and that's very consistent with what we already have in statute with respect to our um health care provisions I mean that's what we're supposed to be following anyhow, so um on those and so um but but the other piece of it is that we made a declaration that. That that, that the right to pursue an occupation is a fundamental right. And and declaring that a fundamental right was sort of a big deal um, because it it sets the standard for the state to make the case for why somebody shouldn't be able to work in a particular profession or occupation without licensure um, rather than um, for us to prove, you know, for citizens to prove that they should be able to.
2: What about something like being an electrician?
1: Yeah. Uh, what do you mean? I, I mean, certain certainly um, there are um, uh, there are licensing requirements for being a, an electrician. Um, the uh, wh- whether or not those are going to be um, whether or not those are going to be limited by the boards. You know, that's something that as we go through the review process will continue to be um, to be examined. Um, you know. Uh, certainly, you got to be able to prove that you can um, that you can work to the codes. Um, whether the codes are exactly. code good or not is an- another argument. But you have to be able to prove that you can work to the codes and that you've got a certain amount of experience. And I don't see, based on the way um, uh, the way our electricians are licensed in Nebraska, I don't see that going away right away. You know, the whole um, the, the whole uh, uh, journeyman apprentice and all this sort of stuff. I, I don't think that that's probably going to go away right away. But it might be modified to make it a little easier for people to get into the um, get into the the occupation.
2: Because there's a severe shortage of people in that field. Yes. Um, some say it's an, an, an artificial trade. shortage, but but yeah, there's a, well, what if somebody was um, like I'm in the trucking industry? Okay,
1: we mm-hmm. have to have
2: special licenses and endorsements. Um, now a lot of that is federal, but um, you know, where do you stand on something like that? Because that does involve someone public health and safety. You don't want someone driving an 18-wheeler if they've never driven anything but a car.
1: Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and and that's that's a little bit different. You know, I mean, you have to be able to prove that you're capable of doing certain things. The question is whether or not um, you should have to pay um, the state you know $100 to be able to do it so so in, in the case of a lot of our occupational licenses there there's there's limited requirements in terms of you know proving what you can do with some occupations it's really a matter of paying your you know showing a showing a credential and um that you you passed a particular test or whatever and then paying your $150 every 2 years or or whatever it is so um our goal, um, our goal is not, you know, to make us less safe, um, and it's certainly um, not to get rid of all licenses. But it, it does, uh, you know, I think our goal is really to make sure that we have um, that we have enough people who, who you know, that, that people have the opportunity to get ahead, and that they know if they can. You know, we had um, several anecdotal stories of people who had gotten out of prison, decided that they wanted to. Be in a particular occupation, they took the classes. nobody had told them that they couldn't. They took the classes they um they, they they took the test, they passed the test, they went to apply, and the licensing board said, "Sorry, you've got a criminal record you can't you know you can't do this and so right. um, you know so 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 we, we want to re you know so so one of the things that we've done is we've created a process whereby somebody can ask if they've got a criminal record, they can ask in advance. Um, right. Is there some reason why I would not be able to do this? Um, we're asking the licensing boards to automatically change their um, change their standards, but what we are asking for them to do is to make sure that if if they do have standards where somebody can't work with a criminal background, that they let them, you know, they treat them fairly and let them know in advance right. that there's a
2: reason. Right. They'd be different if if somebody wanted to, let's say, a woman wanted to open up her own. Uh, a hair braiding business or something like that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a criminal record shouldn't have any, it, it's not going to endanger any public safety if somebody exactly. who is a felon is working right. in a beauty salon. I, yeah, you, you want, basically you're like me like me, that you want to make it based in common sense.
1: Right right yeah and that's that that's what we're trying to do and and actually you know Nebraska was one of those states a couple of years ago that ended the hair braiding thing yeah we had we had as- you had to have a you had to have a license in order to braid hair and we thought that was kind of silly so we actually got rid of that um it required something like fifteen hundred hours in a um a, a, as part of a beauty school um certificate well you know it's it's more of an art form than it is uh, than it's a science a and so and so, um you know, we got rid of that so that people could actually try to make money um by braiding horse if that's what they wanted to do. Yeah. Excellent. And you know, we we the the big one this year in Nebraska and you know what's happened is we've been doing this piecemeal, one one bite at a time, one nibble at a time. So this year one of the ones that we got rid of um was the infamous horse massage um bill. There there was a, there's a licensure in order to be able to 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 massage Horses, um, and uh, yeah, I know it sounds crazy, but it's true. Um, and you, you know, we even have a veterinarian in the body who said, "Why would you know?" And and, the, and and you had to have permission from the veterinary board in order to do this, right? And oh, you know, I thought people, you said this, you had
2: permission from the horse. Yeah
1: no no just just, for, just from the, just from the veterinary board um but but mm. but the veterinarian says hey you know why is it that we feel like some you know 150 or 160 pound woman um typically the horse masseuses or females um why would we say that they have to um that that, that they have to have a license in order to you know <laughs> the, the good joke was in order to rub a a 1200 pound horse um you know and <laughs> um and, and and you know it, it did it did become kind of you know kind of a ha ha joke but by the same token um it makes a lot of sense you know we had a lot of people i had somebody in my district who actually contacted me um as we were debating that particular bill and she says you mean i can't do that she 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 on the VA bill she had studied um in Kansas or Oklahoma um you know gone to school and gotten a certificate in this and she didn't realize that Nebraska had a license that said you couldn't do it. She was just practicing and and so were these other people that are just out practicing because they had certificates in other states that didn't require a license and so um mm. we did get rid of the horse massage bill uh law so so that's a good thing. um you no longer have to have a license um and there are lots of instances of things where Um, You know, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have some experience or you shouldn't have some sort of credential. The question is whether or not the state should be able, you know, the the state or its actors should be able to stop you from doing this. You know, why can't the market work? Why can't you have private certifications or good housekeeping seals of approval or something like that um, that works as well on, on things that don't necessarily impact public health and safety acutely?
2: You mean similar to what under, underwriters laboratories does for yeah. electrical devices? Yeah. That's private yeah. sector, well, right?
1: Go to go to Google. I mean, all you got to do if you you know if you want to find out whether somebody um, you know you can you can get Google the, the the Google ratings on dentists and restaurants and everything else. Why not? You know, mm-hmm. um, you know why not let that be a way of determining whether or not somebody. You know, it's, it's it, you know whether or not a particular occupation, uh, somebody that you want to you know trust your work to.
2: Mhm.
1: Well. Uh, you know, that sounds like the, the most
3: logical way. way. Well, Go ahead, Andy. What
0: I've noticed here, um, and I wanted to ask you about, is uh, how available you make yourself to your constituents. Every piece, every door hanger we leave, every uh, piece of uh, literature we give out has your personal direct cell phone number and I've seen you answer the calls. I just wondered if you could uh, talk a little bit about how that's gone for you these past four years and uh in terms of that.
1: Yeah, you know, for the most part, I've always had my cell phone my cell phone number is on all of my business cards. Um it's on my website. It's on my um official website as well as my campaign website. Um and I haven't had too much trouble with that. I mean as as we were eating tonight we had somebody who was a little upset about um getting too much mail from me. Um, But, you know, that's a a part of it. I want people to feel like they can call me. And I've actually had quite a few people um, who call or text me. I've, I've had a couple of times when I've been sitting on the floor of the legislature and we're debating something and somebody actually texts me and says, you know, do you really think this is a good idea? Um, or why are you doing this? Or you know, it's, it's kind of an interesting, it's kind of an interesting experience. But um, you know, I want to be accessible. I think my constituents, most of them, know that we won't always agree on everything because that's not possible. But that you know, I will listen and I will you know come and talk to them and and um, try to be accessible. And I think that's um, that's an important part of being a representative is at least to let people know that um, that, that you'll listen.
3: Yeah, that's not something you get too often from the two major parties. Um generally when you not call a all. number there, you get you get a um an office worker or an aide and you never actually get to talk to the actual person. So it's kind of refreshing to see that you actually do answer your phone and answer your text messages and you get back to your constituents. Um I oh, I have funny. a question it's,
1: that can Go go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. No, no, it's funny, the other day I was I was um sitting in my office actually, and my cell phone rang and I picked it up and I said, This is Laura and I heard this, this silence on the other end and they said, Who is this? I said, This is Laura, this is Senator Epke and this person says I really got hold of you? And I said, Yes, this is my cell phone, what can I do for you? And it, I mean, they were expecting to have to leave a message, um, and and she says, Oh, well I'm gonna vote for you. Okay, thanks. You know, that that was that was all there was to it. I think people are surprised when they, you know, when they actually get through. Yeah. How I many would people be, do you have in terrible. your
2: state senate? What's that? I said, how many people do you have? I guess you call it a state senate since you don't have a house. How many do you have?
1: Yeah, well, there's 49 of us total. Um, and 49, okay. Uh, 49, yeah. And we each represent districts. Um that make up about thirty six to thirty eight thousand people
2: okay and uh, you have yeah I, I, basically you have you have a uh like a governor who are who is elected a lieutenant governor who's elected, and your attorney general i assume is elected, and then yeah. each of your forty nine members of your legislature are elected is that so that you can't have a tie?
1: Um yeah, that, that that's why we get 49. Our constitution allows us to have up to 50. Um but every huh. they when they first started back in um back in 1936 when they moved to the to the um unicameral legislature. We used to have a two-house legislature until the mid 30s. And when they when they started out, they only had forty one members of the legislature. Well, then at some point oh. they decided to add. They went up to forty nine, um, but they don't want to go to fifty because they don't you know, obviously don't want to tie. So um, we've kind of stuck at forty nine for I don't know, probably probably almost fifty years.
2: Mhm.
1: Well, okay, I just found that, that interesting. Yeah.
3: You've been. I just uh, um. Sorry, go ahead, Joe <laughs> Okay, yeah, I had uh, one of our listeners uh, Just messaged me And uh, he's not in Nebraska But he said he, um, he's he been following your campaign uh, Since you joined the Libertarian Party And he really likes everything you have to say he, um, he, he said if I was in Nebraska And I was in her district She'd have my vote hands down And he says Does Senator Ebke
1: have any aspirations To run for higher office? Um right now my only aspiration is to get reelected in the fall. <laughs> you know. Um uh, uh, I, you know that... I I, never, I I yeah I would never say no I would never say never but but that's a long ways away right now. I mean if it, 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 if I don't win in the fall um then I'm pretty well done I think. So um that that's kind of where I'm at right now.
3: Okay, well that's that's a good answer.
1: Um gonna... and and
3: so um, I see you have a lot of people on the ground in um in Nebraska and with Andy being there that's a that's a testament to how well libertarians like you because um for somebody to come all the way from Wisconsin to Nebraska, I mean I mean that that that's saying a lot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We've had um we've got, you know, we've got a great core of supporters here in the state. Um and we've had a number of, um volunteers and others who've come in um from outside of the state um that that are that are helping out as well. So, um you know, I, part of it is, you know, realistically, I'm kind of the, the 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 only big thing for people to work for. I mean, it's not like we've got, you know, multiple um serious senate candidates or serious congressional candidates who are likely, you know, who need that extra push um so you know i'm I'm very appreciative of all the help that that people like Andy and others are giving me um it it helps us my my district um is is about twenty six thousand square miles is that right is that right Andy
0: uh, well, it's four counties that are 26 miles on each side, plus a little bit of a fifth county. So, so 50, right, 50 yeah.
1: was 52 by times 52. I don't know. I don't have my calculator, but or whatever. <laughs> I'm the wrong. 52 guy to times, that, I'm yeah, I'm not a quick math, but whatever that whatever 52 times 52 is plus another um, probably. Um, thousand or two thousand square miles up in Lancaster County. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of space to cover. Um, it takes, uh, it's a rural County, it's a rural district. And so you, you have a lot of individual, we've got 37 or 38 individual communities. Um, so, and and, and some of them are very small as, as Andy will attest to, and some of them are, you know, somewhat larger. So we have to, uh, have to keep at it.
3: Yeah. I've got friends, um, in lincoln i got friends in omaha and i and i have a friend who lives here in virginia who is from omaha and all of them know about you
1: oh awesome Uh, well
3: that's pretty cool they they do because the one that lives here in virginia is actually a musician that's in my band and he said hey did you know there's this libertarian senator running in my home state of nebraska and i said Laura Ebke, and he went, you know
1: her? And I said, I was going to ask <laughs> you the same thing. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I'm sort of infamous, I guess. <laughs> so, well, I, I, well can, uh,
0: I can testify that we are definitely uh, very busy and uh, want to be respectful of your time, but um, thank you very much for for, <laughs> for joining us, and, uh, and thank you again for the dinner we just had together. Um, Absolutely. I, I did want to Ask you one last question um, before you go. It's not something I've ever uh, brought up with you before, but what uh, what motivated you to run for the first time back in 2014? Why did you uh, decide you wanted to be a senator?
1: Yeah, you know, I've always been interested in politics. I you know, I have a PhD in political science, um, and I've always been interested in politics as a kid. And um, and and honestly, term limits. Um, I've been on a school board here in Crete for 12 years. And in in 2000, about 2013, my dad called me up. My dad lives in the district as well. My dad calls me up and he says, hey, you know that, you know, our current senator is term limited. I said, yeah. He says, why don't you run? And I was, you know, on about year 10 and a half of my school board service. And I'd kind of been thinking about maybe not running for reelection on the school board anyhow, because I thought it was time for maybe some fresh blood. And um, I said, hmm, let me think about it. And about two months later, I decided to make, take the plunge, and, and we announced. And um, you know, it, it's it's been both a blessing and a curse. Sometimes, um, you know, it, you 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 go in to any elected office, I think, with this idea that you're going to change the world, and, and you find out pretty fast that that you really can't make the kind of changes that you wanted to, and so you have to just kind of chip away and, and look for targets of opportunity. Um, but, um, you know, public service has always been important in my family, and so um, I was very happy to um, run and win by 167 votes the last time. Um, so so we're hoping to win by a little more this time. Great. Um, if folks If folks
3: want to get in touch with you to learn more, or volunteer or um, send um, uh, a donation your way, how can they do that?
1: Sure. Um, probably the best way to get in touch with me is through my website. It's just L a u r a e b k e. L-A-U-R-A-E-B-K-E.com, and there's a contact page. People can contact me there, and the email comes to me. Um, My cell phone number is actually on there as well, Um, but there's also donation links and sign up for my newsletter links and all sorts of other things.
3: Wonderful. Well, we we certainly have enjoyed having you on to talk about your campaign and and all the great things you're doing in Nebraska, and we'll have you on again after you get reelected.
1: Sounds great. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank you for joining us. Good night. Good Good night. night.
3: So, right, uh, guys, gentlemen.
0: Guys, uh, be-
3: yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I was just gonna. I have two quick things to say, because um, I know Andy, you have to get going and get back on the campaign trail. But I, I wanted to ask about about two things that have come up today that I noticed because I get the reason um, emails. Um, one is that Oliver North is supposedly going to be the new president of the NRA. Um, what I, I wanted to know what you Yeah, uh-huh, that's what it says, it says Well, who's he replacing? Oliver, um,
0: I'm sorry, I missed you um, You asked the question Who's he replacing? Well, according oh. to this
1: oh, yeah, yeah, Oliver North
0: We didn't get the chance to ask her about it But uh, one of the important things I'll mention Is, yeah, she got endorsed by the NRA uh, Good to her and uh, in the district, and that was that was very good.
3: Oh, that's great!
0: That's awesome.
3: Uh, yeah, Oliver. Um, um, It says here Oliver North tapped to be um as, as president of the NRA. Um, oh yeah, it, that's it an says
0: interesting.
3: Pick. Following current president Pete Brownell's decision to resign.
2: Okay. So okay, because I'm Wayne just, Lapierre is the executive vice president.
3: Yeah, the CEO. Yeah, long-serving like CEO. Um, and the so that that was something interesting. The other thing um, I wanted to mention, um, I think, I, and I had it here in front of me, and now I don't. Um, I don't see it. So maybe we'll we'll pick up on it next time. But um, it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not seeing what I what I wanted. Oh, well, I'll just mention one thing. Um these these reports that are coming out that say North Korea is is claiming that Trump didn't have anything to do or didn't have much to do with the with the peace talks and so on in in on the Korean peninsula. How much do you guys how much stock do you guys put in that?
2: Go ahead, Andy.
0: Yeah, no, that's uh, an interesting. You know, I don't think he's going to end up getting the Peace Prize or anything, but it's certainly a positive development. And you know, credit where it's due. I think, uh, I think he did he did have a bit to do with it. Exactly how much is up for debate, but um, it's, you yeah. know, it's certainly a good thing. My grandpa fought for really uh For him to that shot of Kim and the President of South Korea Moon
2: hopping across the line, that was uh, something to see. Yeah. That really was. That really was.
3: So, So yeah, it's very, very interesting developments going on here. Well, Andy, I know you have to get back uh, to your work, and um, so we're going we're gonna to call it an early night because we had, a, we had a great time with Senator Ebke, and I know we'll have her back. Uh, on our next show, we are going to have Representative Caleb Dyer from New Hampshire. He is an elected libertarian. And uh, he's going to be on the show to talk with us, and uh, so that's going to be interesting. So, guys, until next time, see you later. We're have a great good. night. Have,
0: it's uh, crazy yes. that we've got libertarian state legislators to be talking to. <laughs> yeah, and it's absolutely. amazing.
2: The... All these people who said libertarians can't win, this could be the start of something good.
0: Amen. All right, yes. well, let's go, and uh, good chat with you guys. All
3: right. All
2: right. Have a good night, gentlemen. Take care.
3: We'll see you at the end of the month. All right. Good night, everybody.